Down for the Count with Brandon Medina and Dan Cialana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Down for the Count, your ESPN San Antonio wrestling show. I am Dangerous Dan Cialana, not joined by my tag team partner, Brandon Big Poppy Medina. I haven't thought of a reason, a clever reason to say why he's gone. <laughs> Maybe we, I don't know. I always say wellness policy violation. Uh, I mean, that's an easy one. I mean, yeah, we, we got to get a little bit more creative on no, that. New one. He hit, he, we sent him back to the performance center for more could, training. Yeah. Demoted. Uh, well, we can't say demoted to NXT because that's not really demoted. Yeah. Go back to the performance center for yeah, some yeah, extra, everyone, some extra know, training. Yeah. Tune up. All right. That voice you hear, if you're not watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch or OnlyFans or wherever else we're at, is Mike Mayer from the Off the Mic Wrestling Podcast. Mike, thanks for joining us tonight on Down for the Count. Always down to uh, go to the, the deep in the heart of Texas and uh, from L.A., from California. Always uh, great to uh, be on with you, man. Uh, appreciate the invite. Definitely, definitely. Now, we will get into Hell in a Cell last week, and of course, we'll get into the aftermath of Hell in a Cell Monday Night Raw. Talk a little AEW probably, too. Probably. But first, Mike, I want to talk to you about a, a story that you sent me that's been kind of uh, angering some people on the internet. Yeah. And uh, there was, there's a Angering is, uh, is putting it delicately. Well, uh, there's a comedian named Kenise Mobley, and she's, uh, I guess, a comedy writer. God bless her. That's cool. And she actually was on a podcast. It was actually from a few weeks ago, but it just today recently started to get some kind of traction here. Uh, she was on a podcast called Asian, not Asian. And the reason why she was on one reason she was on that podcast was to talk about her new job at a company you may have heard of called World Wrestling Entertainment. You ever heard of this company there? Mike? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. It's only the biggest like professional wrestling promotion in the world. So exactly. pretty big, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Now she got a new job there and that's cool. Hey, a lot of us would love to work for WWE. Absolutely. It's, it's been on my bucket list to work for WWE sometime in my life, even if it's just for like a day, just so I can say that I got a paycheck from WWE and uh, Denise, sorry, not Denise, Janice, sorry, Canice. I'm sorry. Third time's the charm. Yeah. <laughs> this individual. <laughs> Uh, got job WWE and talked about her new job and upset some people who heard about it. And uh, let's take a listen and we'll try to just think about why she upset people with talking about her new job at WWE. I don't know enough about it. (laughs) (laughs) I truly have not started yet, so I don't know enough about it. And if they hear this, I'm really hoping they don't like revoke my offer, but (laughs) I truly know next to nothing about it. I'm having people over tomorrow if you want to watch it. Yeah, to watch some wrestling. Yeah, I saw last week's match wrestle. Yeah, yeah, show. yeah. I mean, yeah. who's in right? Do you know who's like popular right now? Um, so I am on the Monday Night Raw team. That's, that's and, the big one, right? I think. Uh so there's Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. Okay. And the people I know that are on it are Bobby. I mean, his name is either Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley, and I really should know that. <laughs> He's like this giant black guy, and he and the people who are part of his crew, I know that they called, or at least as of last year, they called themselves the Hurt Business. Hurt Business? The Hurt Business. <laughs> right? Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> that so sounds much, like my mom so trying much, to, trying so to describe this show to friends. To You know, oh. what does your son do? Oh, well, he... He talks about that bra, I think, with the Bobby Ashley and the Hurt 
on the wrestling the red, match show. There's the red, there's the red ropes and the, the, and, and, the and the screens around and, the, it, and Mike. Like they call it the thunder, the thunder stadium, the thunder dome. Right. I, I don't know. Oh man, it, it ha- like, maybe it has something to do with Tina Turner. I yeah. don't know. Uh, that's an old reference right there. Now, yeah. let me just be very clear here. I'm not upset with this lady, Kenise Mobley, this comedian, this comedy writer. Neither am hey, I. Entertainment jobs are hard to come by. And if she got an entertainment job with a big company, God bless her. She didn't do anything wrong. Uh, there's a lot of situations where people who are not qualified for jobs get really important jobs. It's true. you know. Believe me, it's true. It happens, all right? So I'm not mad at her. And I don't think anybody, any wrestling fan, should be harassing Kenise Mobley on Twitter saying you're ruining wrestling. All she did was take a job. But, Mike, could you explain why you think people are upset with the comments that Kenise Mobley, new writer for Monday Night Raw, uh, said on this podcast, Asian Not Asian? Why do you think people are upset? Well, okay, so it goes back. I think the last time I was on here, we talked specifically about Monday Night Raw and how bad that product is and how bad the show is. And it's gotten better since a lot. I mean, there's been some things, but there's a lot of redundancy and there's a lot. of. But there's also just a lot of things that don't make any sense. So when you've got one of your new writers going on a podcast and they don't even know who the WWE freaking champion is and they have no idea what they're writing for, that is just... It's embarrassing. I'm, I don't blame Kenise Mobley. She's getting paid. Like I don't blame her for taking that job. That's not. She's not the one doing the hiring. But if you're hiring a writer for a wrestling show that knows nothing about your product, what the hell are you doing? Like that. That sends the completely wrong message, and it kind of leads into this whole narrative that we've been having. This has been a problem with Raw for a long time. Like th- this show has not been good consistently. And then you compare it to NXT and SmackDown and all the stuff that's going on on those shows. And and in some ways, SmackDown is really being elevated by Roman Reigns and everything surrounding that because that's just been so good ever since he came back at SummerSlam last year. But man, the Raw product is redundant. Some of the segments don't make any sense. Some of the segments are awful. And then on top of it, we find out that they have hired a writer who has no idea what she is writing for that's that's good that's got to be like a number one job requirement for anything it's like if you go into like accounting or you go into anything you got to know what the hell you're doing like if you don't know what the hell you're doing that's on the people who are hiring you that's not on Kenise Mobley so I'm with you completely I'm not mad at her at all like this is ridiculous and it's completely on WWE because it's like if you want to create a better product, you want to have people who obviously have an investment and an emotional attachment to wrestling because then they're obviously going to contribute some good ideas to your show and your product. And and I have mixed feelings here because I don't want to I'm always afraid to turn into an old man. I just turned 41 and I'm afraid to turn into one of those old guys who spits all over his computer when he talks and also <laughs> um, just thinks the things were everything was better back in the old days because they weren't better back in the old days. And I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to be mean. I don't want to turn into Jim Cornette, who thinks. Oh God! I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to go there, man. <laughs> like, because if we're going into Jim Cornette territory, like that's that's a huge problem. Because I he I yeah, I honestly have been good since 1974. I, I honestly don't know if that guy likes anything. Seriously, exactly. I, I, it seems like he hates just everything in the wrestling business. All I like, all I like is is my red George the Red died 
No, I, I don't, because I don't want to be one of those old guys who's like, well, back when in the 80s, wrestling was great and never, because, but it, it kind of was. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, there was some trash wrestling back then too, but my God, it wasn't this scripted TV show type thing. And I, I was thinking about this today and I, I remember last year I got to interview Jimmy Hart and I got to ask him about a classic moment from my childhood watching wrestling when he and he set up Hulk Hogan to be demolished by the Canadian earthquake on the Brother Love Show. And that's one of the greatest, uh, most dramatic wrestling moments of the last 30 years, I think. And Jimmy Hart told me, he said, that whole thing was improv. They had a general idea of what they're going to do, but then they just, the dialogue was all improv. And we still remember this moment 30 years later. Right. Basically, all the great wrestling moments I grew up with were in Organ organic yeah it's all about organic nature and that's and the problem is like i know you're referencing that and i think that's what a lot of people are appreciating about aew is that for the most part these guys are allowed to go out there i mean obviously the things are planned and go and they go into things but like the promos and the stuff that you hear on the air they give them creative freedom that's why john moxley went there that's why chris jericho went there because they were tired of being stuck in a system, and this has been going on for years. So it, it's not just a raw thing, but they were tired. Like John Moxley even said it after he left, like he was getting handed stuff by writers and producers that he thought was was crap. Like he thought it was garbage, and he was like, "Man, you really want me to say this on air?" And literally and, handed because you know, kind of as a shorthand way, people would say, "Oh, wrestling is scripted," and we would just we we didn't we didn't we I hate to not really by the mean. Way. But I we, hate the F word. The word scripted? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I, I hate the, the F word fake. Oh, the F word, yeah. I, I, I hate that word when associated as, and I know a bunch of wrestling fans hate that association. Yeah. It is not fake. You can say scripted. You can say score, choreographed. Just do not say fake to me. I, I think that that's, it's, it's like, it's, it's like a bad word in the wrestling industry. That, no, and I understand. Fans don't want to, that any fans don't want to hear. So, exactly. Like, choreographed uh, or, uh, staged any any other variation i'm okay with but fake don't ever use that around me like i, I, I like to say that wrestling is primarily entertainment yeah exactly sports entertainment sports exactly. entertainment we were we we're not very sports entertained lately but you know but the word scripted though we used to we used to say oh it's scripted but we didn't actually used to mean that you would actually be handed a paper script and now that's actually what happens but now if you look if you look at AEW promos like you said or new japan promos they sound more natural. They talk to the wrestlers after the match and just like any other sports league, you know, sometimes they're breathing heavy because they just got out of a match and maybe they're a little bit distracted and they, they stutter a little bit. It's not as polished and it feels real. But the question I want to ask you, Mike, is it time for me to let go? I'm, I'm, I'm getting to middle age these days and there's things I have to let go. Do I need to finally let go of the idea that WWE is going to return to this glorious prior state of more organic feeling wrestling. Do I just need to embrace that they are an entertainment company and Vince McMahon thinks he's making movies? Do I need just need to accept that new reality and move on with my life? I mean, it's hard not to believe that because we've been having holding out hope for this for years now, haven't we? Like we've been holding out hope that it would kind of return back to that era. Like even this AEW push and this like resurgence and yes, obviously the pandemic last year kind of like halted, but AEW's back on the rise. Um, 
it just doesn't seem to be like registering to the point, oh, this is a really big threat. Even ticket sales, AEW is in some markets outdrawing WWE. But still, like WWE is this entertainment empire and like they've created two mega, mega movie stars in The Rock and John Cena who have gone on out of the company to become even bigger stars than they are, they already are. So it's just like it's really hard for me to be convinced that this is not going to this is going to go completely back. The most organic WWE ever felt was during that rain delay at WrestleMania. That was the most organic old school WWE feel that you could get and it might have been the best part of WrestleMania. Like for 30 minutes they had to stall and just figure out how the hell they were going to get through this on live television with weather not cooperating with them. And I thought maybe, maybe that would actually change the course and direction of this and maybe tilt it. But as long as Vince McMahon is in control and in power, I just don't see any changes really coming because he seems to think that what, what it worked for him when WWE was in its heyday in the nineties, really on, on the rise like towards the attitude era and like they were i mean the night there was a little halt there in the middle of the 90s but also obviously with the hulk hogan in the 80s and stuff it's just like that attitude era he thinks that that stuff is still gonna war or like going back to pre that where it was all family oriented and just trying to to cater to that audience and like that's not gonna work and the stuff the goofy stuff and the comedic stuff it just doesn't work in 2021 and you've got a different audience that's like you see in AEW, they're more interested in what's going on in the matches, in pro wrestling, not necessarily the entertainment aspect. That's why NXT becomes so popular. So, like my long-winded point is, <laughs> I mean, you're, 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 you're probably. I'm not going to say you're wasting your time, or like, I, I wouldn't say give up hope, but as long as Vince McMahon's running this company, at least on the main roster, I just I'm not going to be convinced that anything's going to change because he's just resistant and he's very stubborn to anything that's going to alter what he thinks is going to work. Now, Mike, you mentioned that the last, uh, the last thing we remember in WWE feeling very real was that very real rain delay that we had at WrestleMania that uh, I think it delayed WrestleMania for about 30 minutes. And uh, a couple weeks ago when Brandon and I got to talk to Drew McIntyre, we actually yeah, asked that was him pretty about cool. I the, saw that. Yeah. The, uh, well, the delay. Let's take a listen. Now, this year at WrestleMania, uh, we, we finally had fans back, back in April. So, But take us back to the moment. So you, the whole roster at the beginning of the pay-per-view comes out. And everybody's so happy to be there. We sing America the Beautiful. You're right getting ready to go beyond with Bobby Lashley. And then you find out there's a weather delay. What's going through Drew McIntyre's head when you're like, oh, my God. Like, th now there's another impediment in my path. Are you freaking kidding me? It's going through my head. Um, is it me? Am I a jinx? Every time I fight for the title, something goes wrong. Like last year at WrestleMania, I was fighting for the title. There's a worldwide pandemic. This year, I'm fighting for the title, and uh, we're going to get rained out. So, yeah, I was, a, I was a bit angry, a bit disappointed. My adrenaline was at an all-time high. I'd taken my pre-workout, so I was caffeinated on top of all that adrenaline. I was the first one back after America the Beautiful and got the news, so the whole roster is passing me, you know, giving me the fist bumps, telling me, you know, good luck, big man, you've earned this moment, start the show right, but I know there's a delay, so I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> like, really frustrated in that moment, and then um, during that 40 minutes, we were doing some cool stuff. I got to see how amazing, you know, our staff is, you know, not just on screen, but off screen, keeping things together, 
keeping the entertainment going during that delay throughout WrestleMania, our biggest show of the year. You know, I was grabbed and told, Lashley and MVP are talking over there, go crash that interview. I went, okie dokie. <laughs> go straight in on the interview. You know, we got face to face. And if MVP wasn't there, the tension was so high for real. And uh, basically, Lashley and I would have ended up fist fighting if MVP didn't take him away. It was getting real tense. And when I finally got in front of the fans, it was so worth it. It was such an amazing moment. So, that I mean, that was a great moment. You remember that right. WrestleMania? Yeah, because yeah, that was that was that that felt like a legitimate like UFC type deal where guys are going face to face. Like that was like you just don't you don't see that in the modern WWE where two guys get in each other's face and it feels like I mean we we love a I mean I, I I don't know if I could speak for you, Dan. I love a good pull apart. I love a pu- good pull apart brawl. You like, like a good a pull of, out, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it that way, but <laughs> but I, I it's I not lo- a very effective method. Yeah, but um, I when when they do those segments, like when they're setting up big matches and they ha- need the whole roster to like, I I, I love those, but you re- very rarely get a segment like. And to Drew's point there, and he said it so well that like the adrenaline was so there, and it was real, it was real emotion. Like they right. were ja- they were jacked because they were that's the first match in front of fans. Good God. He'd been waiting over a year, and and that was Drew McIntyre, the person and the wrestler. And that's the thing. That's the beauty. That's one thing I love about wrestling because it's like the character and the person are so intertwined. If you went to WrestleMania next year and you went to the Access and got got to meet wrestlers, get autographs, pictures, you wouldn't say, hey, Dan and Brandon, uh, I met the lady who plays Sasha Banks. I met the guy who plays Ricochet. I met the guy who plays Drew McIntyre. No, you'd be like, I met Sasha Banks. Yeah, and I met Ricochet. Yeah, you're not gonna be like, I met Mercedes Vernado. Like, exactly. That's a real. That's a real name. Like, no, nobody. Seriously, no, nobody like out in in WWE will ever refer to her by a real name. Sasha Banks. I mean, Drew McIntyre. That's his. I mean, Drew Galloway. But I yeah. mean, he's obviously been referred to in other promotions. But it's like Braun Strowman, who who's no longer with the company. It's like you or Roman Reigns, like. You don't refer to that. I mean, the only time he ever referred to himself by his real name was when he 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 had a real moment with the leukemia diagnosis. Like right. these are these people get in involved in their characters that that's really them. And you don't so get really, recast. You don't get re, they don't go okay. Well, the guy didn't want to play the character anymore, so we're gonna get another guy to play that character. <laughs> we're gonna kill off the character. Or, you know, we're gonna do something like that. So it goes back to the whole thing with with WWE hiring comedy writers. For, it's like, well, of course, these wrestlers, these characters, these on-screen personas are not going to have a history because they're not allowed to to portray it themselves. And if if the writers don't even understand wrestling, much less this person's character, then how are you going to have a coherent character that's going to go on and on and on? What, what, if, what if your favorite TV show, like that had you know regular scripted TV show, had writers who knew nothing about the show? And then the right, and there was a revolving door of writers, and so this writer has no idea what this character did in last season and doesn't care, and is just writing for their boss. And that's what WWE is doing, right? And like, and it's the not going to change wrestling. until Vince McMahon's gone. That's yeah, just the deal, exactly. And like, I, I'm not trying to get your hopes down or anything, man, but like, and there's so much more that goes into wrestling than just writing. There's psychology, yeah. and there's like stuff that goes on in the ring, and like just those those actual moments that act. I mean, yes, you can stage something and choreograph something, but on a certain level, it's got to feel like somewhat like authentic. 
Like right. for God's sake, like for the most one of the most authentic things that I have seen in WWE post WrestleMania was what happened with MVP and Kofi Kingston. The first one, the first promo on Raw. That it was one of the best things I've seen on Raw, where Kofi, where MVP's talking about, man, I was crying when he won at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and, and it was it was this real emotional deal where you you could relate to these guys as human beings. Like, yeah, it, and when MVP like, called Kofi Kingston. Uh, say you guys are doing a shuck and jive. That is very charged language. That is very serious stuff. That you know that is, and that felt real. Like Kofi's reaction when he's like, you know, like what? Watch your mouth. Like that to me felt real because yeah. that's some that's that's that is criticism that New Day gets for real, uh, mostly from woke white people. But they say, hey, you guys yeah. are doing a shuck and jive. <laughs> Dave Meltzer infamously said that. He thinks that New Day was doing a minstrel show. So these guys are very aware of this criticism. And they're also self-aware in terms of realizing that it's, in, you know, portraying yourself as a racial minority on TV, it's it's delicate. Yes. So the point is, yeah, when MVP said, you know, all these things, I know MVP believed that. I know MVP really believed and really did. I, I believe that he really did cry when Kofi won. Kofi mania. Well, there was vi- there was video of him and Chad Gaspard uh, on social media after the- them watching the pinfall of him beating Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35. Like, and rest in peace, Chad Gaspard. Yeah, because uh, that-, that that was a tragic loss la- last year. But yeah, to reference that because a lot of people were aware of that and talking about, oh, you're the reason why I came back to WWE. Because remember, MVP was not in WWE for like ten years. Like he left WWE like ten years ago, comes back at the Royal Rumble a year a year ago, and, and it's just like that was that's the type of stuff that you want to see more of in in right. pro wrestling because those are the segments that are missing. Because then when you go to like the comedy bits and all this other stuff, it's like we're watching a television show, and it's like on a certain level, yes, WWE is a television show; it's a three hour show, but you're also watching it because it's like, hey, it's a performance, but also like. You want some authenticity in this. You don't want this just to be a, a live-action cartoon, really. Right. I mean, listen, it's like WWE is not Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground really leaned hard into the TV show aspect of it, but they they just went for it. They didn't try to pretend that yeah. they weren't. I mean, it was a pretty much, it was on the level of, hey, we're, we're doing real, it's like, it was like a novella. It was like a telenovela. That's what it exactly. was. That's the way yeah. it was filmed. And that was kind of the tone of it. And that's fine. I think Vince McMahon wants to be a movie maker he wants to be a multimedia entertainment guy he doesn't want to face the fact that deep down in his heart he's a wrestling promoter there's always that thing no 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 we're not a southern wrestling company we're from new york we're new england we are sophisticated we go we have our wrestling events at trump plaza we you know we we have celebrities no 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 you're a wrestling carney and there's nothing wrong with that vince mcmahon I mean, you could be entertaining. You can absolutely be entertaining. And, and 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 some of the things about WrestleMania is like, yeah, it's entertainment. And we talk about it all the time, sports entertainment. But I feel like sometimes we're being we're leaning too much more into the entertainment side of things, specifically on the main roster. You, like you can tell on NXT, they're more focused on the wrestling. And that's what I really like about NXT. Every Tuesday night, you're going in and you're seeing these great bangers banger type matches that are just they, these guys go out there and just put their bodies on the line and basically kill each other in the ring and like a lot of times you're not seeing that type of stuff on the main roster you're it's more about promos it's more about being entertaining joking around and that type of stuff and that's like it's fine you can have that but you, you don't need to lean into that 
all the time. And like seeing going back to where we started this whole thing with uh, Kenise Mobley, this comedy writer, it's like it leans into that narrative that like WWE is trying so hard to like go mainstream and they're forgetting their roots of what made them so great, which was pro wrestling and us as fans. That's what we want to see. I mean, yeah, you can go mainstream and you could have a couple major movie stars come out of it. But at the same time, it's like, be what you are. Don't pretend to be something that you're not. And I think that's the problem that WWE has had. And this has been going, this is not new. That's the other thing. This is not new. So hopefully there's some hope that maybe sometime they, they can sort of lean in and maybe with fans coming back, it could maybe put a jolt into this company because I feel like they've been kind of dragging their feet for the last 16 months. Now, someone, Mike, who never drags his feet and someone who is an entertainer, someone who is one of those two movie stars that you brought up in terms of WWE creating them is John Cena. And John Cena was on The Tonight Show last night with Jimmy Fallon. And Jimmy asked, asked John Cena about the rumors that John Cena will be returning soon. Those rumors are true. I'll, be, I'll definitely be back to the WWE. I just uh, I don't know when. Okay, but the, so this this got my fans freaking out. Okay. Yeah, so I, I posted that back in May. I was feeling rather nostalgic about the WWE, and I just wanted to post the logo. And uh, some people took it as I was returning immediately, which that's not the case. But uh, I haven't had my last match, and I can't wait to have my next. We- mm-hmm. He's a tease. He likes to tease. Now we have to say I want I want to remind everybody. Sometimes Cena teases just to tease i remember a few years ago i think it was um i think it was the the royal rumble that was out here in san antonio might have been 2015 2016 i think it was 17 that was 17 i think he he teased he he put an omega symbol on his instagram (laughs) hinting (laughs) that kenny omega was going to be in the royal rumble uh he likes oh yeah that that i remember that 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 was right (laughs) that was i don't know which okada match that was after yeah but it was I, i i i don't know if it was one or two um, but I remember that, and I remember people were absolutely just losing their minds. <laughs> and I'm such like, a mark oh my that I, when, I showed up, when I showed up to the Alamo Dome, part of me was actually thinking that there's a chance that Kenny Omega could come out. <laughs> the I, pop I'm, that would have come out of that would have been insane. But I know. I know. So sometimes Cena, you know, he likes to be, a, he, li- he likes to tease us, but, and he does say later in the show that, hey, I'm doing so many movies, and because of insurance, like, you can't do a movie and then go do a match, wrestling match in the weekend and come back. The movie studio does not like that at yeah. all. So we'd have to find a time where we're pretty sure he wasn't um, doing a movie. And maybe they could do it like The Rock did a few years ago in Dallas, where right. they called it a match, but it was really The Rock just basically doing the rock bottom and people's yeah. elbow and that was it and that's you know maybe yeah you basically yeah it was a six second match with, with right. rowan and they just yeah you just was instantly in his clothes i mean the rumors that i've been hearing and i mean uh, andrew zarian for matt men pro- podcast does a great job he's been on this i've heard uh, like a lot of the insiders have been really all over this really as they're trying to build like the biggest card possible for SummerSlam in vegas i i, I haven't even talked to you guys since that like that's huge news also, the fact that they're doing it the night of the Pacquiao, the Manny Pacquiao fight, which is crazy, like doing that in the same city, the same night and, and on Saturday in the stadium. So it's going to be crazy. So they have to do something big for me. 
if Cena is going to come back, and I, I, I've heard reports that they want to do Cena Roman Reigns, and I feel like they didn't really like they did it well in the short amount of time that they had, um, to build to No Mercy back in 2017. Uh, but Roman wasn't as good as he is now. Cena is this humongous star. Like he's he he's a, a humongous deal. Like he's he's an F nine Fast and the Furious franchise. For those who are non fans, it's a huge deal. And I, I'm not the biggest fan, but I know how I'm in the movies, and I know how big of a deal that franchise like 80 is. Eighty movies. Yeah, they've made. But yeah, this is the ninth one that they've made. So <laughs> it's it's great, and it spans twenty years. So yeah. it's like. It's like the modern day Star Wars, I guess you could say. Just or like because James of the, Bond, that, that James that Bond, like they just they, they never stop making movies. So, <laughs> to me, Cena's not done, but he doesn't really have much more to prove. So, to me, I think the match that you got to make, and it seems like they're going to do it, is John Cena and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship main event, career versus title. Because to me, like, look, what else does John Cena have to do? What else does he have to do in WWE? He's a 16-time world champion. He's so busy. Like, he's basically taken the rock path. He's, he's he like, we were complaining that he was around too much. He hasn't been in WWE in a ring since the Firefly Funhouse match last WrestleMania. Like, he has not been around at all. No appearances. And I know, yeah, no fans. That's part of it. But still. He has not been around. So there's nothing left for him to prove. This is about the biggest match possible that you could make in that spot. So if you add that stipulation, it may just go straight up. But to me, if you may have Roman Reigns retire John Cena, whoo! I mean, we're, we're already talking about one of the great title reigns of the modern era. If they do that at SummerSlam and that's the, the closing sequence, oh my God. Like, I, I, I've spoken to you, Dan, and Brandon, uh, and Brandon too, about how in high regard I love everything that they're doing with Roman. And we're, we're almost a year into this thing, and it's never dull. And, and with WWE, that's really hard to do. It, I get, right. You can get bored easily. Like, the Drew Lashley stuff was boring me. Like, I, I mean, the, the cell match was fine, but it was like you did it to death. Everything with Roman just consistently feels fresh. So if you pull this off, and you can get John Cena to come through and be in the main event of SummerSlam this year, I honestly put that stipulation there, and I, I think it's a great piece of business that they could do at SummerSlam there. Do you think there's enough time to lead up to it, though? Or maybe I'm just doing being old school. Well, I mean, the report is that, I mean, they're trying to really hammer home that's, I think it's the 16th, which is the the first live show in front of fans, the SmackDown. I think it's in, I think it's in, it's in Houston, right? I think it's in Houston on the 16th. Okay. So right before Money in the Bank, that's when they're, they're heavily, they've been heavily promoting that. So that SmackDown is going to be huge. You're going to have a bunch of fans there and you're going to want to stack it up with like people like Edge and maybe Sasha Banks, who hasn't been seen since WrestleMania is back. Um, so maybe Cena's on that show and they set up that angle there. I mean, maybe they do that or maybe they go maybe after Money in the Bank, they do something when they actually have fans. I, I think a month is enough time to set this thing up. I mean, they, they I mean they they made it a good they made it good enough in 2017, which four years ago. And those if you remember those segments, like Cena was just crushing Roman. Like Roman had no yeah. chance. Like Ro- Roman it's called had a promo no- kid. You have to learn yeah, how to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a. I'm still. I'm still here because you can't do your job. <laughs> like that. That was one of the more powerful lines of that whole. That whole initial sequence where they set up the match, 
I remember Kurt Angle standing in the background just making a face like, oh, crap. Boy, you're in trouble. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, with the way Roman's just been um, just tapping into this tribal chief thing, like, and being this mega heel, it creates a new dynamic. So, and just saying, hey, you, you can you could set this up so easily. And I, I just think it's going to sell, like, especially with Cena being the biggest star that he is. And everybody, even though he's a heel, everybody loves what Roman's doing. Like yeah. it's been, it's been so heralded around the pro wrestling industry that like he just can't miss right now. So I just, that's what I would do. I don't know what you would do, but if Cena's coming back, that's where I go with it. Well, something I'm not sure if it was a hit or a miss was last Sunday's Hell in a Cell, and uh, well, well, I guess we kind of had four Hell in a Cell days. <laughs> Let's see. Well, we had what, Hell in a Cell on. What was that? Because like, Hell in a Cell on, on SmackDown on Friday. Then we had the with Hell one in day no, with one day notice. Yeah, because uh, apparently wrestlers can just say, "I want my match a day early," and they well, go. Well, my theory. Is, my, here, here's what happened. So Fox, I think, was like, "Oh crap, we are going to get killed in the ratings tonight or on Friday," because. NBA playoffs, you got NHL playoffs, like sports. Like, I know you're not a big sports guy. Like, that's just going to take attention away from Despite us. Despite having this banner Fox, behind me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Fox, like, it's different with them because, yeah. like, they're a sports enterprise and, like, obviously they're paying a ton of money to invest in SmackDown. So I think the Fox executives told, ran up to Vince McMahon. He didn't even think about it. Uh, which I mean, if if you would have thought about it, it would have been brilliant. But like, that's why this happened. Is like the Fox executives basically said, "Hey, Vince, we we got to have Roman Ray on SmackDown. We got to have do, the self- do, you, do you think they suggested or they told them? Fox I, told I, I, them. I think I, I honestly think it might have been a tell because okay. it's like, hey, man, hey, man, we're paying you a billion, we're paying you billions of dollars, millions of billions of dollars to to have a show for us. We need this match." Mm-hmm. And Vince probably didn't want to do it, but he was probably told, "Hey, you, you, you guys are the ones. Are, hey, you guys are ba- the ones paying me." Yeah. So yeah. whatever. I mean, he's not. Vince isn't going to submit easily. Like I said, he's a stubborn man. But they, he only they, submits to uh, Saudi princes. Yes, exactly, because they're going to pay him all of his paychecks, and they're going to go back there later in the year. But Shop that's separate. Up or whatever, yeah. But so then, like, they move Bianca and and Bailey into the cell on Sunday, which is great. It was a great match, and. I think what happened is NBC Universal, which is USA, that's they have the rights to Raw. They were like, "The hell, they're getting a, <laughs> Fo- Fo- Fox is getting a, a Hell in a Cell match on free TV, and we don't get one." Right. So that's and so I had a bigger problem with that because I mean, great for Xavier Woods to get some exposure, but like that was no notice at all. Just announce it on television, just for the hell of it. Okay, yeah, we're gonna have it. Inside Hell in a Cell. <laughs> what? Okay, but <laughs> like, I, and I think I think Hell in a Cell is being overused. Oh I yeah, mean, I enjoy it the used Hell in a Cell. One of the great stipulations of all time. Stipulation, like it right? It, what it was, what it used to be, is when a rivalry gets so heated and so intense, mm-hmm. and nobody gets the upper hand on the other wrestler. So it's like fine. it's the ultimate blow off. Finally, match. this yeah. match has gone so this rivalry has gone so violent, so intense. We need to solve this once and for all. We're going to do the nuclear option. We shouldn't do this all the time, but we have to. It's going to be hell in a cell, and you guys are going to settle this because you guys are going to have to basically kill each other to to solve this issue between yeah. you guys. Not just this yearly pay per view where 
couple days before, Bianca Belair and Bailey, okay, we're going to be in Hell in a Cell. Let's just let's do it in Hell in a Cell. Might yeah, well. I mean, I mean, they, I mean, they, I mean if this... the cell's going to be there anyway, I mean, I mean, that's not that's not really compelling. Going like, well, if there's going to be a cell there, might as well just drop it and do it for our match, right? I mean, right, they, no, exactly. I mean, I mean, their their rivalry was was not that intense. It was not so intense that it, it was built on a laugh. Ended. Right. It was it, built on a laugh. Right. Well, you're making fun of me. You're laughing at me. So we're going to go in hell in a cell. I thought it's a little. Lastly, Drew, I kind of get why they would put that in the cell because, like, they had had a long, drawn-out feud. I mean, maybe it wasn't the intensity level that we would like, and it was kind of done to death, and people were kind of tight. And I, I love Drew, and I know you guys had him on last week. They, 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 it's just him being around the title feud. They're basically doing the same thing that they did with Roman Reigns. So, and it's just like. They, people want to see him away from the belt for at least a little bit because we all like him and he's great. But when you, you put a guy in that spot so many times, it's just like it's it's difficult. But the, it leads into this problem that I have with and this is like future pay-per-views like they do extreme rules and these theme pay-per-views. And what I've noticed and I didn't really realize this until I started watching AEW where they have these quarterly shows and then they do like these kind of pay-per-view level type shows like they're going to do on Saturday where they have these special dynamite things where they have winter is coming or mm-hmm. um, like they, they come up with these specialty name shows like fight yeah, like for next the month fall. when it, when uh, AEW fight, comes, comes here, it's going to be fighter fight fest. For the fall. Yeah. Fighter fest or fight yeah. for the fallen. Like I like that concept where you're not overdoing it because I think the biggest problem that WWE has had, and I, I really never thought about this is like, okay, you're having a pay-per-view every single month. I understand that it's the network and it's not like the same thing anymore. Like where basically you're spending what five bucks for Peacock now. Yeah. So um, yeah, the problem is like, I think you're being forced into seeing all these rematches. Like for God's sake, we, we what do we see? Three, uh, two rematches. I think uh, at, uh, at Hell in a Cell, there were, seen at WrestleMania. Like we had Seth and, and Cesaro, and then we had Lashley and Drew. I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm missing something, but like it, it's just like that's a problem with the show. And I think with the stipulation type stuff, Hell in a Cell. Like I remember, like early, in the early stages of WWE, it's like that was an event. Like you remember the like Mick Foley getting thrown off the cell and yeah. all this. Now we're just doing it every single year. And sometimes these matches are just being thrown in there. Oh, because we have to have a Hell in a Cell match because that's the name of the pay per view. Didn't they? Didn't I, they legit like announce three of the matches on SmackDown two days before? Like, I mean, it was just it yeah. Was, no, was, the, the was like card was of- the card was was nowhere near. And I knew they were. I knew on Thursday before that they were kind of screwed because okay, uh, we knew I knew the Cesaro and and Seth hadn't been announced, so that was that was one. Um, well, I'm I'm forgetting what the other I'm forgetting what the other one. Well, I mean, because obviously with losing Reigns on pay per view was a big deal. Um, so then you knew Lashley and Drew was going to be there. Um, I mean, re, I mean, I I really don't even want to get into the Rhea and Charlotte stuff because that 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 whole feud is just <laughs> that whole feud is pissing me off. Like, and WWE what, doesn't what is, realize is, whoever what, directs what, for WWE the Thunderdome still thinks that Rhea Ripley is a heel because yeah, they instruct is, the fans to Rhea boo Ripley? her. Yeah, what is Rhea Ripley? <laughs> and her promo, her, and, and it, it's, it is so hard. Like, I, I feared this from the minute it happened because we've had this whole problem with NXT call ups. Don't ruin Rhea Ripley. And for God's sake, they have done their damnedest to make us hate her. Like, because even like they tried to turn her heel before, everybody loves Rhea Ripley. She's 24 years old. She is freaking awesome. And they have made her look like the most 
vanilla, like just plain straight heel. And it's confusing every week. Like she's saying, oh, I respect you, Nikki Cross. Oh, and, and then messing she's with Charlotte on Cash. TV. Yeah, she's friendly. But now, but now she's but now they have her getting intentionally disqualified. Well, and also, she... what was that? <laughs> that? I've never seen a tape. I've never seen an announced table cause a disqualification in well, all mean, my okay. years of watching professional wrestling. I've I can never see seen how that. she got disqualified, and then she said, "Oh my god, I, you know, I lost my temper, but I want to, I want to do it again. I want, I'll give her another chance." But then they did it on Raw, and they basically bragged about it. She's like, "Yeah, I did it." <laughs> she bragged her. about it, and then they brought, and then Adam Pierce and. And Sony Deville bring her out saying, How dare you? I was like, and 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 for once Rhea actually made a good point in her promo. It's like, yeah, Charlotte would have done the same thing. <laughs> so I was like, what are, what are you so what are you what is Rhea Ripley on the main roster? Like, it's just I, I know I'm going all over the place. This this show was just the show was I mean, the matches itself were fine, but the finish to Rhea Charlotte pissed me off. It just made no sense. And I was like, okay, they're just clearly, and they, and it was made evidently clear. Hey, we're just gonna have another match in Money in the Bank, okay? And then the Lashley, <laughs> the Lashley Drew match made this the Hell in a Cell stipulation look completely idiotic, because okay, MVP just gets in the cell, and then Lashley wins on a roll up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Like this? It's a Hell in a Cell match, and you got Lashley oh, who. My God. who I'm a professional oh, here. Oh, professional. We got this oh is this is God. live, man. <laughs> but you got Lashley. We're live, pal. <laughs> we we live. Um so y- you got Lashley who's built up as this mega badass and I feel like they've kind of taken a step back on him with the Lashley's ladies and like all uh, it's like what made Lashley like so intriguing for like his entire run, like with the hurt business, like he was a, just a killer. And he doesn't have to worry about other crap. Yeah, he, he doesn't and, have and to worry he about. He doesn't need MV. He doesn't need MVP. His his semi retired manager to intervene well, I, for I, him. I th- I think he has a mouthpiece. I like MVP, and I like what he's been doing to like stir the pot, like we talked about with Kofi. But he doesn't need to get involved in his matches. Yeah. He doesn't need Paul to get doesn't come in and beat up people for Roman Reigns because he doesn't need to. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Paul Heyman doesn't. Yeah. That's a great comparison. Like Paul Heyman just stands there and he and he, and he, and he basically I mean, and he doesn't even really talk anymore. Like it's like, <laughs> what Roman's become is a is everything that WWE wanted Brock Lesnar to be like Brock Lesnar doesn't talk like Roman. He could cut bounces. a promo. He bounces. I mean, he cuts a promo and like Paul Heyman just sort of stands there in the background and sort so does Jey Uso. Nuts. But. <laughs> but like the some of the finishes on this show just kind of drove me crazy because the match like the the cell match itself was awesome like they they beat the crap out of each other like you you, you saw Drew's back holy yeah crap. he got those welts on there oh my god and he sold it really well on on Monday Night Raw too like he he did some really good selling uh, in the match against you mean uh, when uh, the guy who was in the WWE Championship match last night lost to Riddle yeah Monday Night Raw <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, like, yeah, I mean, it's no offense they, to Riddle, but come on. No, no offense to Riddle. Although I will say this: another thing, one thing Raw has nailed is RK Bro. That that's that. I mean, seriously, yeah. like, I mean, I wish they would kind of stop making Riddle so dang obnoxious. Like, I wish they would come be on, like bro, bro. like Broser. I, I wish he would be Broser weight, Matt Riddle. Because that, because if you remember, like, and that was before the pandemic, they were tag team champions, and it just got cut short. 
that was fantastic. With Pete Dunn, right? With Pete Dunn, that was yeah. great. I mean, and I think it could be that with Randy Orton. I really do. And I think they're going to get a tag team title shot at, at SummerSlam. I think that's where this is going. They're going to face AJ and Omos. And if they win the titles, that's going to be one of the biggest pops in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. But, um, yeah, it's just like back to Hell in a Cell. It, it, I mean, it was fine. I'm glad that we're getting the end of the Thunderdome. Um, I'm glad we're going back on the road because hopefully that's just going to put a jolt back into some of these shows. Because basically, some of the reporting that I've read is like Vince is kind of just sort of holding back because there's not fans. There's like, in the end, you're still trying to, it's still a television product and you don't want people yeah. to watch, right? You want people to tune in. So, I mean, that is, and I'm hoping that we, this Kinex Mobley or whatever this, this, this thing is, it's like, hopefully it's not, it's, a, it's a non-issued. Maybe Raw can actually start producing. It's me being wishful and me being optimistic like you that yeah. hopefully that this creates stuff, but it's like, it was fine. Hell in a cell. Uh, but like I said, the, specifically the last two matches, the, the women's championship match, and then, Lashley drew the finishes itself and, that, and that's what really defines the match is the finish that's what really messed with me and kind of pissed me off a little bit so that's how hell in a cell ended last night by Bobby Lashley retaining the championship I feel bad for Drew but I think this is the right it's the right move for WWE because they need yeah, to continue they to establish Bobby Lashley. Lashley as this this monster like that's the kind of heel you want that's the kind of you want the kind of heel that kind of scares kids a little bit like the kind of the kind of heel. Like once the crowds come back, little kids go. Maybe this guy will punch me if I yell at him too much. If I boo him too hard. So I think. Well, Lashley's kind of cool. Lashley's kind of cool. Like I mean, I initially like when he was in WWE years ago. It's like he was kind of just a bland, like plain ordinary guy. But the I headband. got a chance to watch with the headband, and and I, and I got a chance. <laughs> I got a chance to watch him in Impact, and he did a really good job there, and he really developed his character, and he was able to talk. And then they brought him back to WWE and for like three years, it's like they couldn't figure out what the hell to do with him. Then they put him with MVP and look what the hell happened. Like, yeah. seriously, that's really what changed his career. Cause like a lot of stuff was ridiculous. Um, and the minute that he aligned with MVP, it just, this, this engine started like churning and he's been able to put on great matches for God's sake. The guy's 45 and he is still in phenomenal condition. And that, that was the longest match of the night at like 25 minutes. Like the endurance of him and just what he's been able to accomplish. Like, I wish that they hadn't tweaked the hurt business and they hadn't gotten rid of, like, and gotten rid of his this edge where he's just like this killer in the ring and this intense guy. And now he's just, they're turning him into like this big softy who's surrounded by like six scantily dressed women. Like, it's basically, it's basically like the Godfather almost. It's like they're cu- trying to enter like an element of the Godfather with him, but it's like, look, it was the right move. I love drew. I loved him being champion. I, I honestly felt that he deserved a moment to get the title back. But once we got past that point, I was like, he can't hold the title again because then people are going to turn on him and they're just not going to like him. And it's going to turn into a second rate Roman reigns thing. And nobody wants that because drew, you talk to him. That guy is as real and as authentic a WWE superstar. You want to root for that guy. You really do. So for me, Hell in a Cell, it was okay. Not a bad way to, to spend a Sunday night. I don't see myself really going back and watching it later another time. I don't really, there wasn't really I don't much know if I'm going to watch very much of the, the pandemic <laughs> era of WWE. Like, I, you I, know, I, I might, 
you know what you this may surprise you uh i may go back and watch last year's money in the bank the uh the tower yeah, heist that, version <laughs> because yeah. i know that i, I, I liked fun. it even though a lot of people hated it and that yeah, will be the o- next otis otis winning is one of the most pointless booking oh we will get into that because we will get into that real quick before we head out because the next pay-per-view for wwe is july 18th at the dickies arena in fort worth i like that dickies Makes yeah me giggle. july 18th money in the bank next year and uh, Bianca Belair is on the uh, the main poster here. So somebody somebody behind the scenes really likes her. She'll probably keep the championship for a long time. I'm guessing. She's Let's an awesome Let's talk about the champion. problems with Money in the Bank. As you mentioned, last year in the men's Money in the Bank, Otis won. Now, I'm trying to remember. Can you, can you remind me, Mike, uh, when Otis cashed in Money in the Bank... Oh wait, to, he, try, he didn't I'm, get I'm the trying, cash trying to, in money in the bank. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Because yeah, that's he right. lost they, it somehow to the Miz. Like you can lose your you can lose your money in the bank. He he lost because Great of case. his tag team partner in one of the most over tag teams. <laughs> and by the way, his tag former tag team partner is no longer there. And now he's a heel in a different tag team. Granted, he is with a great performer in Chad Gable, and I think they're actually really good together. But think about the timeline of that. Like Otis was the Mandy Rose thing. Think about what that would have been like in front of a crowd. Oh All of God. that. He gets think money about it was like bank. for Otis. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. money in the bank and, and your job is okay. You need to go film a scene at a pool with Mandy Rose and yeah. I don't make out with her in the and, pool. And then they just randomly moved Mandy Rose <laughs> to Raw and just yeah. forgot about the whole thing. And then he just loses to the Miz because of Tucker. And then a couple months later, he's a heel in a tag team. And now he shaved his beard. Like it's it's. What the hell happened it, there? Okay, like, I, 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 can, I can imagine maybe WWE felt they made a mistake with Otis. They said, okay, we don't I, it was see a him. Shock. As- it, was, it, was, it was a shock move. Like, it was, I, I don't think, I don't know if it was necessarily a mistake. I think it was a shock move for the sake of a shock move. It was a swerve for the sake of a swerve. But the if WWE they were never going to give him the title, then just have him cash in money in the bank on someone and be unsuccessful. And I'm just, I was, I'm just weirded before. out why, why they would have him win win it, and then Braun Strowman's your champion, then The Fiend's the champion, and then Roman Reigns is the champion. It's well, like, do we well, really think have, he's a realistic guy who's going to cash in on one of those guys? Well, people have win? one. I, you know, I know definitely at least one person. Uh, Corbin won Money in the Bank, tried to cash in, and lost. Which oh, is that, fine that, because that, that was that a lot of that was pull, a lot of that was backstage stuff. Okay, but at least it made sense in storyline. And, 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 and it was and it, and it was actually pretty well executed, by the way. Like right. the way they the way they the way they executed the the failed cash in. Like I remember watching that on TV. I was like, "There's nothing like a good like cash in. Like that'll always pop a crowd." Where like, and, oh my and god! The thing is too, like you you gotta you gotta have a few failed cash ins every now and then so that people don't think, think it's just a foregone conclusion. Yeah, they're gonna. They're it's like gonna the win. Royal Rumble. It's like the Royal Rumble. It's like, oh, the Royal Rumble. It's guaranteed that that person's gonna go on to WrestleMania and win the title. Like you gotta right, have, you gotta have like some that. different. You gotta have some like. Uh, you gotta make it a little, at least a little bit original. And the, like they broke, like Cena was the one who broke the ice on that. Then I think Damian Sandow didn't have one. And I'm, for, I, I'm sure there's another one. Or, oh, it's Corbin, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, Money in the Bank is honestly, I, I mean. Hell in a Cell used to be really cool. I, I love the Money in the Bank stipulation. I, I love it. I, I, I think it creates a lot of excitement, especially with who's carrying around the briefcase because he puts the champions on edge. It create, I mean, the one of the greatest moments maybe in the history 
in one of the great moments in the history of WrestleMania is Seth Rollins running down that ramp at WrestleMania 31 yeah. and getting involved in that tri- and making it a triple threat. The heist like of that, the century. That, the heist of the century, exactly. Like It just adds a different element to storytelling, and it, 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 it just creates a different element to things. I mean, I wish they wouldn't do do it to death. Like, I mean, honestly, but hey, they have one. They they now have one Money in the Bank match. They used to have two for the men, one for each show, which kind of was a little bit of a waste. Now they have one for the men, one for the women, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Thinking back to last year, man, like that was a fu- that was a fun thing. They did a really good job with staging that and filming it and just editing it and like making it a movie, which was perfect for what it was in the pandemic, but. I mean, Otis winning Money in the Bank. And he was like, okay, cool. And then they didn't do anything with him. But now, see, but now, yeah, and now it's tainted. I, I have a bad taste in my mouth. And usually don't like to talk about the word taint and mouth at the same time. Yeah, uh, that's a little bit weird. Different circumstances. But it's like, okay, <laughs> but this year, Money in the Bank, it's like, okay, whoever wins is like, okay, are they going to find some way to just change their mind backstage and decide to find some stupid way to... Yeah. There's a lot of good scenarios that have been thrown around on the internet about like who could win, who makes sense to win. I mean, this year is really up in the air because it's just like, hey, it's the first one in front of fans. It's like, who are they really going to want to go with? I mean, some people have thrown out Seth, which would be interesting. Um, and having Roman Reigns try to manipulate him uh, and potentially saying, hey, yeah, you know, you, you know what? Hey, don't cash in on me. Go to Raw go to raw and then maybe it leads to something there. It's just like it's it there there this year. Cause most of the time we kind of know in our minds who are the Royal rumble and the money in the bank match winners are this year, like with all the uncertainty, like, and mm-hmm. us coming back to live arenas, I have no idea. And I know it's a month away, but I, I can't wait because like I said, just it's the perfect pay-per-view to start like the rebirth and the re-entering into society of WWE. It really what if is. Drew McIntyre wins. He cashes in on Bobby Lashley. Even though even though there was a stipulation in that match that <laughs> Drew McIntyre wins, but then Bobby Lashley says, "Hey, you weren't you weren't supposed to do this, remember?" And I mean, then they have to a, fight. Uh, and then maybe yeah. maybe they have two championships. It's cha- you know, like kind of like when CM Punk took his championship and then uh, John Cena had the championship and then they had to fight. One of the who, great who money was, in the bank matches of all real, time, by the way. The that's one. that's one that's one of the great money in the that's one of the great WWE matches probably like the last 10, 15 years. CM Punk, John Cena, Money in the Bank 2011. Real quick before we go, AEW has not been on the regular time slot last couple of weeks. Uh, it's probably hurt them in the ratings. Yeah, uh, I've been I've been watching. I think this weekend they're going to be on on Saturday. I, I think they're back yeah, on Wednesday Saturday, after sa- that, Saturday, so. uh I think five Pacific, um, eight Eastern. So I think seven for you guys out there in uh, the central time zone. Definitely. So AEW's doing some good stuff, you know, just kind of chug it along going. They're going back on the road too. I think they're uh, starting. Yeah, they're July going. Yeah, they well. got, yeah, they got one more Wednesday show and then they're, they're back on the road July 7th. So that's, that's great. And I, I, I'm looking forward to this jungle boy, Kenny Omega. I, I don't think jungle boy is going to win, but that kid is, freaking incredible he's 24 I, what is he tw- i think he just turned 24 yeah he is so fun to watch and he has got maybe the best theme music in all of pro wrestling <laughs> tarzan <laughs> Bo- like that <laughs> like the crowd was going nuts at double or nothing like it's it's so great but yeah i i can't see jungle boy winning here 
I, I think Omega has been such a great champion as a heel. I think it's it's a great act. I I think he I I think Hangman Adam Page is ultimately going to be the guy to beat him. I don't know when it's going to happen because there's just history there. I want to, but I can't wait to see this match because they're uh, Tony Khan clearly saw an opportunity here live Saturday night. Basically, it's almost like a de facto pay per view, and you're putting one of your best young stars against maybe the best wrestler in the world. So I, I just I this is going to be awesome, and I I can't wait to see it. Um, to your point, yeah, AEW has kind of been hurt by going at at ten Eastern the last couple of weeks and following SmackDown. But there's, I mean, the quality of their shows hasn't faltered because of it. They're still booking good shows, and it's still an entertaining product. It's just, it's not what it's it's not in it, it's not in its normal time slot. It's weird on Wednesday nights not being able to flick on TNT. And I mean, I mean, obviously there's NBA playoff basketball, but that's just the circumstances of where we are. With and when they move to TBS, this isn't going to happen again, and hopefully they don't have to do it again anymore. So, but yeah. every now and then, Monday Night Raw has to be preempted by like the uh, the Westminster Dog Show or whatever. Oh so. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 happens. <laughs> it happens. Mike Mayer from the Off the Mic Wrestling Podcast. How do we find you online? Uh, follow me at Off the Mic Twenty Eight. You can also follow my podcast. Uh, we got an official Twitter handle at OT Mike Wrestling. Um, been kind of taking a little bit of a break, uh, but obviously I, I, I love doing these with you guys. And we I, I, I got to return the favor and invite you guys over to my show. Yeah, bring us <laughs> to California. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, virtually. Texas. I don't want to go to Bro. Southern California in person. Yeah, I mean, my lungs I mean, can't I, mean take it. I mean, you guys are dealing with heat out there. We deal with heat out here this time of year. So, I mean, it's almost kind of the same, but you got you got and you got Botox everywhere. You know, it's just yeah. a, whole, it's a whole different scene out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good times. Mike Mayer, thank you for joining us tonight on Down for the Counts. Appreciate the invite. Always fun. That's the bottom line because Down for the Counts said so. Follow Down for the Count on Twitter at DFTC Podcast.